Studio Tortu presents Deep Folk, Tales from the Generator. Deep Folk is a first-person adventure radio drama created using AI Dungeon Dragon Engine. adventurers and welcome to the metal box episode one this episode was created and read by malcolm sutherland what you're about to hear is the first episode in a more experimental series from the deep folk catalog episodes of the metal box generally avoid any dialogue or larger story or character drama and instead focus on environment and action and they follow a loose set of structural rules So the result is more of a narrative texture, an exploration of spaces and events, a kind of dungeon-crawling survival ambience instead of a traditional story. The Metal Box is an ongoing experiment outside of our regular Deep Folk narrative series. And with that, let us begin our first adventure. You awaken on the floor in a small stone room. The room is dark, save for dim light coming from several torches mounted on the walls and ceiling. In the middle of the room is a metal box. The metal box has multiple wheels at its center. It looks old and worn, and yet as you approach it, two metal arms ending in claw-like hands rise up from the sides. They release the top of the box with a clank, and the metal arms move back inward. Inside, a single latch rises from inside the box. You grab the latch and turn it to the right. It clicks deeply into place and the box closes, shuddering a bit. The sound of whirring, ticking metal comes from inside the box, building slowly. You hear a small pop, followed by a thump that seems to extend deep underground. And then the sound stops. You reach into the box and pull out a piece of coal. You put it into one of your lanterns. You pump the primer on the lantern several times and it lights the coal. You turn around and look at the rest of the small chamber. There doesn't seem to be a door or any other way in or out. Then you notice a small pile of white fabric with a sweet smell. There are three small pieces of coal lying on top of the fabric. You wrap the coal in the white fabric and put it in your pack. You now have enough to keep your lanterns lit for quite some time. You are certain this must be the work of gnomes, and you thank them silently. Wait a second. If this was the work of gnomes, any doors or passageways would be waist height instead of shoulder height. Those little buggers must only be three feet tall, and possibly dangerous. You search the stonework at waist height for any sort of irregularities that might indicate a door or passageway, but you find none. You turn back and look at the metal box, and suddenly you get an idea. With all your strength, you hurl the lantern at the metal box. The lantern explodes and engulfs the box in flames. The metal arms reappear, flailing frantically as they try to put out the fire. You dash to the right side of the box and find that a small section has been melted away, revealing a button. You smash the button down and the metal box folds in on itself and sinks into the floor. 
revealing a passageway beneath. You enter the passageway and follow it. You see a faint light at the end of the passageway. It is warm and smells of soot. Moments later, you find yourself in a small room full of machinery and wiring. You smell coal in the air. There are two doors, one to the north and one to the south. You look at the machinery and try to determine which machine powers which door. The door to the north is attached to a bunch of thick metal tubing as if powered by a great beast. The door to the south is attached to a system of gears and levers that extend to a large set of wheels. You grab one of the wheels and start to crank it to the right. It moves easily enough, but the door doesn't budge. You try to remember what you know about machinery and marvels. You say, Of course, tidy righty, lefty loosey. You cranked the wheel the wrong way. You run over and crank it again, this time to the left. As you crank, the door to the north opens suddenly. It reveals a dark passage with an open pit where the floor should be. Not far along the passageway, you can see another wooden door. It has no obvious hinges or handles. It simply sits flush against the wall. You're not sure if you should enter the passageway or try to open the south door instead. A small protrusion catches your eye on the wall of the tunnel. You look closer, and it seems to be a lever of some sort. If only you could reach the lever, it might open the door on the far side. It seems to be located just out of reach from where you're standing. You try jumping to the lever, even if it's a long shot. You leap as far as you can and just barely manage to grab hold of the handle. The lever slides down into place and almost jolts you off into the void below. You manage to hang on, and after your heart stops pounding, you see the wooden door has opened, and you manage to scramble onto the far ledge. You notice a small pile of coal sitting next to what looks like a glowing wall. You say, More coal? You pick up a piece of coal and look at it. Suddenly, the coal begins to glow brightly. The glow is so bright you have to turn your head away. You see that the intense light was coming from the glowing wall and is made of patterned brickwork with pieces of coal set regularly inside of small niches. As the glow begins to fade, you realize that the brick wall in front of you has shifted slightly, revealing a small alcove. You get down on all fours and look inside the alcove. You see a shiny object on the floor of the alcove that looks like a key. You reach in and grab the key. The bricks instantly move back into place, sealing the alcove. You turn and look around the rest of the chamber now that your eyes have adjusted. The stone here is smooth and cream-colored, maybe even a tawny brown color in better light. You see that the room is completely empty except for the glowing wall and the floor with a slanted ceiling on one side. But you also notice that there is some writing on the wall. You walk up to the wall and examine the writing. It looks like this. Turn the left switch first, then turn the right switch, which will be marked with a red R. You look around but don't see any switches, let alone a left and a right one. You don't see any markings on the floor either. Well, you've come this far. You walk up to the glowing wall and try to feel around for a switch. Suddenly, the key drops out of your pocket and comes to rest on the floor in front of you. When you bend down to pick it up, you notice a small lever on the side of the key. There's one on the other side as well, 
and it is marked with a red R. You flip the switch on the left side of the key to the down position, and a section of the glowing wall slides to the left, revealing a tunnel. You enter the tunnel, and the wall reseals behind you. It's very dark after the glowing wall. Just ahead, the tunnel turns to the right and goes up a few steps before reaching a wooden door. You can hear muffled voices coming from the other side of the door. A keyhole is located in the middle of the door. You take the key and slide it into the hole. You stop yourself, though, when you remember the message. You bend down and turn the lever on the right side of the key. The key then locks into place. You jiggle the key, but it's stuck and it won't turn any further. The voices on the other side of the door stop. You look around and see that the tunnel continues to a staircase going up. Part of it appears to have no walls, offering you a view of a room below. You leave the key and continue up the staircase. You come out into a dimly lit chamber. You're standing on a narrow walkway that circles around an even larger room. In the room below, you can clearly see the front half of a locomotive. It doesn't appear to be operational, but there are lights on inside, and you can hear the soft murmur of voices. Piled around the locomotive are huge mounds of coal, more coal than you have ever seen. There's also a section further back in the room that looks like a storage area. It's full of wooden crates and boxes. Quietly, you shuffle around the edge when suddenly a panel behind you gives way. You turn around and see that it's a hatch leading to the storage room. You step down into the room and look around. You notice a crowbar leaning up against one of the boxes. Quietly, you pick up the crowbar and open one of the crates. The crate is full of video cassettes. You take one out and look at it. The label on the plastic case reads, Isaac's Toy Shop. There's a picture of a man and a woman and a small boy. You open the crate next to it and find a keyboard. The next crate holds coins. You take a handful of coins from the crate and slip them into your belt. You'll sort through them later. When you open the fourth crate, you are surprised to see it opens into a passageway below. Knowing others must certainly be aware of your presence by now, you head down the hatch and carefully replace the lid behind you. You seem to be at the back of another large chamber. There is row after row of seats facing a raised platform in the middle. You are currently by the projector area behind the row of seats. The room is ancient and everything is made of rough stone. Intricate carvings lace across the surface of every object in the room and there are even small cave plants growing in some of the cracks. It is beautiful beyond compare. On the raised platform at the other end of the chamber, you can now see there are two thrones and an altar lying between them. On top of the altar lies a glowing triangle. You approach the altar and look closer at the triangle. It's actually some sort of crystal. It pulses with a strange energy. You stand there, gazing at the triangular crystal when you notice the sound of water running. Looking around, you see that clear water fills an underground river running under the raised platform. You can see strange fish swimming in the water. You take the glowing crystal and put it in your pack. You turn to the opening below the platform and manage to climb down. 
hanging onto the ledge above the water, you dropped down into the water with a splash. The fall was a lot further than you thought, but the water is warm. Treading water, you look around. You can see a small underground lake through a tunnel in front of you and a passageway to your right. Reflected light bounces around the ceiling of the tunnel and it's hard to make out its exact shape. It could be slightly curved or even shaped more like a wrench. Taking your pack off, you quickly search through it and pull out your lantern. You push the button on the side of it and a powerful beam of light pierces into the darkness. You could go either way, but you decide to follow the lake so that you can look at the fish. You follow the direction of the current into the small underground lake. It has a low ceiling with strange mottled walls. You look up and see that the ceiling here opens up into a tube where a small amount of light shines through. An old rusty chain hangs down through the middle of the tube. You swim up to the chain and take it in your hand. It's solid and built to last. There's a hook on the end of it. The weird fish start to gather around you in the water. They are about the size of a man's hand and they swim mid-water in a playful manner. They seem to be glowing, but that might just be the reflection of the lantern light. You start to climb up the chain into the tube in the ceiling. When you're about halfway through the tube, suddenly your lantern goes out and the water starts to fill up the tube. You think you might have just triggered a trap. You try to climb up the chain, but it's too slick from the water. You can't get any traction. You look down and see the fish still circling around your legs. The water is up to your neck now. You take your knife and try to cut the chain, but it's too thick. You can't get a grip on it in the wetness. You stab out at the stone walls, but you can't seem to get a grip there either. The water rises, pushing you up to a low well set in the floor of a stone chamber where you climb out and lay on the ground, panting. After a few minutes, you stand up and look around the chamber. It's shaped like a spiral. And there is a strange machine here with tubes running along the base of the wall. You follow the tubes and they lead to small holes in the wall set evenly along its stone curvature. Peering into one of the holes, you see myriad colored crystals inside a clear container. It seems that each container holds different colored crystals. You go to take out the triangular crystal that you took from the altar but notice a shimmering light coming from your pack, emerging from the white fabric. You carefully unfold the fabric to find the most gorgeous dress you have ever seen. It is long and white, made of some sort of sheer gauze-like material with a delicate lacing up the front. Somehow the pieces of coal are gone, but there are shimmering crystals set in the collar of the dress in the shape of a spiral. You take off your leather jerkin and put on the dress. You sling your pack back onto your back. In the corner of the room, you suddenly notice a full-length mirror. You walk up to it and get your first good look at your new self. You are beautiful. The dress fits you perfectly, showing off your womanly figure without being, well, too revealing. As you gaze at your reflection, you notice a mechanical disc on the side of the mirror. It is about the size of your palm and made of some sort of golden metal with an odd symbol set into its center, like a spiral that gradually grows larger or smaller. 
You turn the disc and the image in the mirror changes. The reflection reveals a hidden passageway right behind you, a clever illusion created by the crystals to fool the eye. You didn't know such things existed. Perhaps a gnome would know more about it, if only you could find one. The hidden door opens up into a narrow hallway. The hallway is about shoulder width, and as you pass through it, you brush piles of dust and soot off the walls. In fact, it's so dusty you can't even see what color the walls are, or were. The hallway turns and opens up into a small stone chamber with a wooden walkway cutting across the middle. A long set of metal rods and levers are set into the platform near the wall, and they seem to extend out over a pit of some sort. The room smells of cold dust and oil, and the walls are stained black with soot, like the room had a minor explosion at one time in the past. You see a rope nearby, connected to a pulley system, and the rods and levers on the other side of the wooden walkway. You look down into the pit and see a large pool of black water. It looks stagnant and grimy, but at the bottom of the pool is a metal disc with the same spiral symbol from the mirror on it. The water in the pit is chest high, and you would have to completely submerge yourself to reach the disc at the bottom of the pool. The water looks filthy, and you can see all sorts of debris floating around in it. You climb up onto the platform that extends over the pit and walk to the end of it. There's no avoiding it now. You're gonna have to get the disc the old-fashioned way, by risking your own life. You jump into the pit, and the foul water comes up to your waist. The weight of your pack pulls you under almost immediately, and the filthy water goes up your nostrils. You try to struggle back to the surface, but the water is so viscous you can hardly move. Your hand passes over the spiral disc and you give it a turn. The disc attaches to a small chain and you pull on it, raising the disc out of the muck. The dark water immediately drains from the pit and you start to hear a sound coming from the platform above. It sounds like a low hum at first, but as the water is drained from the pit, it slowly changes into a ratcheting rhythm, as if large gears behind the walls were locking into place. Abruptly, the stones that make up the floor start to fall away. Soon there is almost nothing left as you jump from tile to tile as each one crumbles beneath your feet. You pull yourself up onto the wooden walkway and reach out to steady yourself as you get your balance again on dry land. The entire room is shaking now, knocking you about as you try to stand. This must be the work of gnomes. You've heard stories about how eccentric they are. They would build a system of gears and water mains the size of rivers just to power their simple small machinery. Hence the ratcheting sound as the gears and cogs mesh together. The wooden walkway is starting to crack now and you're having a hard time keeping your footing. Your only hope is to get out of this place quickly. You turn and see that the passage behind you has collapsed. The entire wall has fallen away, leaving you with no way to exit. The wooden platform continues to crack and splinter around you, and the room is shaking so violently now that you can hardly keep your footing. You spot the rope and dive towards it as the platform breaks away beneath you. Your fingers brush the rope and you grab hold of it firmly as the platform falls away. The rope pulls downward, and one of the metal rods on the side of the room locks into place. Luckily, the rope catches on it, suspending you just out of reach of the pit. You are soaked and filthy, and the room is shaking around you, but at least you've avoided death for the moment.
Suddenly, a large slab of stone in the wall crashes down as if on hinges, opening a side passage and revealing a metal disc with the spiral sigil etched upon it. You are sopping wet and suspended from a rope several feet away from the disc, but you are close enough to reach it. You know you can exit this place by turning the disc the same way the last one turned, two full turns in the same direction. You reach out and touch the disc, then turn it until it stops. The stone panel behind the disc shudders and starts to slide backwards. You swing across and scramble up into the small passageway. The panel continues to slide back in line with the left wall, where it stops. The room behind you is shaking so hard now that the entire platform has come unhooked from its moorings and is swinging freely from its ropes. You notice that the crawl space you are in continues further on to the left. Astonishingly, you've made it through this deadly room. At the end of the passage, there is a carved out section of the wall. The carving forms a sort of doorway, rimmed by the familiar spiral symbol. You place your hand on the carving and push it inwards. The stone pivots on a central stone pivot, opening up to reveal a much larger room beyond. You enter and find yourself in a place that resembles the inside of a clock. You see two massive gears, each one big enough to drive a carriage through. They are meshed together in such a way that the teeth on the outside mesh perfectly, while the inside ones do not. In fact, the entire inside of this mechanism is a jumbled mess of teeth and wheels with only small portions of some of the gears actually touching. This room is filled with a low hum and you can feel the vibrations in your feet. The gears almost look as if they were powered by a rushing river, except there's no water in sight. Here and there are large tubes that push past the gears in certain places. And you can even see some of the strange murky water that you saw in the pit room behind you, dripping down to the floor. You spot a hatch at the top of a ladder, but you must cross the room and traverse the moving gears to get there. You hear a crackling hiss, like steam releasing pressure somewhere behind you. You jump across to the closest gear and manage to keep your footing when it lurches suddenly. You cross the gear and climb up to the next one in line. That gear is moving in the opposite direction, which makes your crossing much more treacherous. Finally, you jump onto the ladder and make your way up to the hatch, pushing it open and passing through. You find yourself at the bottom of a long stone shaft, but you do not have much time to explore as the hatch closes and locks behind you. It is much quieter here, and the echoes of your hands and feet on the ladder reverberate throughout the well. A short distance up, just past a midpoint landing, you spy a window in the wall. You see a crack in the window frame and peer inside to see a control room. Strange machines and devices fill the room, but no one is there to operate them. You continue to climb in silence. You look down at your feet and realize that you are much higher than you thought. You cannot even make out the floor now. Just a mass of metal, stone, and machinery down there in the darkness below. You reach another landing and drop down onto the stone floor for a short rest. You peer out over the ledge and look upwards, but there is no end in sight. You wonder if it keeps on going up forever. After a short rest, you pick yourself up and continue onwards. Shortly above, you find a wooden lever set back into the wall. 
The square handle is worn slick from use. Someone must have used this often in the past. In big glowing letters painted on the wall behind it reads, Disembowelment switch, rope acres below, metallic bearings, bridges. You move the handle into the bridges position and push it into place. There's a loud thundering clunk above you and several floors are locked into place. You start to make your way up to the next landing. As you pull yourself up onto the next floor, you see that the drawbridge was a complete failure. It has melted due to some sort of acid leak. It blocks off half the entire passage and allows only a narrow ribbon of space on either side. A quick look over the side tells you that it wouldn't be too hard to lower yourself back down. Under normal circumstances, this wouldn't be a problem, but you have an ominous feeling about retracing your steps. Something has gone terribly wrong and there's no telling what awaits you back there. Continuing upward seems to be your only chance at survival. Making a temporary mental note of the middle drawbridge design flaw, you cautiously move past the molten mass and continue up the passage. The ladder soon passes a grate set in the wall. Inside is a long hallway with a door at the end. Everything is very clean and utterly white, not unlike milk. You are too large to fit through the grate with your pack on your back. You unlatch the window and pull it out of its frame, using all your strength in case it jams. Fortunately for you, it shatters out of its frame and disappears down the well with a resounding clang. You climb in through the window and into the white hallway. You move slowly and quietly. A small tripwire connected to a door release. You step over it carefully, noting that it's connected to a trap. You move down the hallway, keeping your eyes on the floor so you don't trip any more wires. Step by step, you slink forwards, eyes and ears keenly tuned to your surroundings. Whatever lies at the end of the hall must be important, and you begin to wonder if you might be close to your goal. You have come so far, to fail now would be, well, worse than any sort of volcanic eruption, for sure. It could even mean your life. You reach the white door at the end of the hallway. You approach it slowly and carefully, but there do not appear to be any traps anywhere here. You can hear the sound of someone speaking on the other side. You press your ear to the door and listen, but the voice is too muffled to understand. Gnomes, you think. They must be in here. You can't help but feel nervous. What if they find out I'm not a gnome? They might kill me. Well, I'll just have to be clever about this. If you can avoid confrontation, you might be able to learn more from the gnomes, but it won't be easy. You take a step back and study the door for a moment. Then you draw your dagger and jam it into the crack at the bottom of the door, right where the lock would be. You jimmy it back and forth until you hear a loud click, then pull the door open. Holding your breath, you enter the room. The door slams shut behind you. You turn and look back, but there's no trace of a door. The room is dark, save for a dim light coming from several torches mounted on the walls and ceiling. In the middle of the room is a metal box. You 
You've been listening to Metal Box, Episode 1. Created by Malcolm Sutherland and written with AI Dungeon Dragon Engine. This episode of Deep Folk Tales from the Generator is a Studio Tortu production and was recorded in September of 2020.